Thanks for listening to Lighthouse Baptist Church podcast. Lighthouse Baptist Church is an independent, fundamental Baptist church located in Pleasanton, California. This message was preached live in one of our regular church services. If you find this message a help, please feel free to subscribe. You can find out more about us at our website, lbceastbay.com. Now to the message. We've heard tonight the music and the story of the season of light. Christmas, as you know, if you've been around very long at all, Christmas is celebrated much with light. Lights on the trees, lights on the streets, lights in the stores, and that's because Jesus is the light. We just read in John 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. So I want to share just for a few moments just some great truths about that message that Jesus is the light of the of the world. The world's in darkness, the world is away from the light, but Jesus Christ was and still is the light of the world. Amen. Remember how, amen, we get a little talking, this an old Baptist church, we know that we're on the same page. So very quickly, just by introduction, notice first of all, that God uses a special metaphor, light, as a metaphor. God refers to Jesus Christ as a light. He true, certainly is a light. He is certainly the light, but God uses that to help us understand a little bit about the character of Christ and a little bit about what he's trying to teach us about Jesus Christ being the light of the world. But just by introduction, the light as a metaphor. Why would they use Jesus Christ as a light or a light about Jesus Christ being metaphored? Number one, it's because light has its purity. Light is pure. Light is pure more than anything else in this old system, this old universe God has made, but because of its purity. Now, Jesus Christ then, being the light of the world, Jesus Christ is de demonstrating His purity. Aren't you glad we have a pure Savior? I'm glad He's not just a man God used, somebody struggling with the sins of life, and God just used Him. No, He was given to us, brought to us, and He is completely pure. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 5, And ye know that He, that is Jesus Christ, was manifested to take away our sins, and in Him is no sin. So when he says he is the light of the world, just as light is pure, so Jesus Christ is pure. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So as Jesus being the light of the world, he's a pure light without sin and without any degradation at all. Light is an amazing thing in its purity, because no matter what light passes through, it stays pure. No matter what light shines upon, no matter what light touches, light stays pure. That's so different from the water of the world and some of the equipment. If we've got a, a festering animal, a dead body laying there of an animal on the side of the road and water brushes over it, it may have been pure water when it started, but when it goes over that dead body, it's contaminated. It's not pure. If you take a nice brand new set of clothes and lay it over that diseased body and you pull it up, those clothes are not pure anymore. But light can shine on it very clearly. Light can shine on it all day and light never experiences that impurity. Our Savior came and walked among us, yet without sin. Our Savior came and behaved held people and touched people and let people touch them and dwelt with the children and yet without sin. So when God is teaching us that Jesus Christ is the light of the world, he uses that because of light's purity. Number two, I believe he uses Jesus Christ as a metaphor about being the light of the world because of the power of light over darkness. Amen. It's an amazing thing. The power of light over darkness. Light 
has complete victory over darkness. I mean, there's never a question. There's never, I wonder which is going to win. I've got a dark room. If I turn on the light, I don't have to wonder if my light is bright enough. The smallest light overcomes the darkest day that we can have. It's complete victory over darkness. So when we think about Jesus Christ, the light of the world, we see not just its purity, but its power over the darkness. And ladies and gentlemen, that's vital for us to understand because Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You think your biggest problems are the people around you. No. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are wrestling against spiritual darkness, spiritual wickedness. And I'm glad Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Now, you and I might lose against the darkness, but Jesus Christ never will. You know, so many times we spend so much time trying to pray down the power of wickedness, praying down the power of blackness, praying down the power of darkness. Instead, we just need to live in the power of the light. Oh, we don't have to fear the darkness. We don't have to worry about the darkness overcoming us. But he is that power over darkness. So when Jesus said he is the light of the world, that means he's got that purity of light, but also the power of light. But not only that, because of the presence of light in the darkness. The presence of light in the darkness. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. <laughs> no matter how dark this world is, His light is still present. Boy, the world talks about darkness. The world is in darkness. But with Jesus Christ here in this world, His presence in the darkness, it shines. And then God wants us to go and shine as well for Him. So Jesus Christ, the metaphor, is purity, his power over darkness. Oh, but preacher, the world is so evil, the world is so bad, the world is so wicked, it's getting worse and worse. Yes, but the light is always more powerful. Greater is he who's in us than he's in the world. And so God helps us understand this wonderful story about his birth, calling him the light of the world. So very quickly, let's learn some truths. Let God speak to your heart tonight about Jesus is the light of the world. What does that mean? What can we learn from it? How can we be helped by it tonight? Number one, we see in this wonderful story, Jesus is the light. We see the light's incarnation. The light's incarnation. Look back in our text, John 1, verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We're talking about capital W on the Word. That means Jesus Christ Himself, the Word of God. And drop down to verse number 14. And the Word, which is God, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the incarnation means God taking on human flesh. The Word who always was. See, Jesus didn't show up all of a sudden in Bethlehem. Jesus always was. He just took on flesh and remained in that flesh at Bethlehem. But He always was. And so it was God taking on human flesh. In fact, Isaiah 9. Wonderful passage that we use at Christmas all the time tells us about this light taking on flesh. In Isaiah 9, chapter, verse number 2, it says, And the people that walked in darkness. Boy, we got so many people walking in darkness now. He says, The people that walked in darkness had seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light shined. What is that light? Verse number 6 tells us, For unto us... A child is born. 
Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That light that shined on those folks that were walking in darkness, that light is that child is born and the son is given. See, we find his humanity in a child is born. Jesus Christ was born, went through the birth process, just like you, just like me, just like all our children. He went through that birth process. He had human flesh. Though his father was the son, was God. But still he was a child that is born. That's his humanity. But then he goes on and shows his deity by saying a son is given. The very son of God as we saw here and we heard in the scriptures before. So the light taking on incarnation. What an amazing thing that that light was shown by him being the son that was given and a child that is born. It's so important that we believe and know he came in human flesh. Amen. The Bible says in Hebrews 2.9, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. Humans, the Bible tells us, are made lower than the angels. Not in significance, but in power. I can't do what angels can do. I may look like one. <laughs> But I cannot do. I'm made lower than angels. And so the Bible says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. In other words, he took on human flesh. He didn't just lower himself to angel level. He lowered himself to human level. He said, for the, lower the, the, uh, for the yeah, little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death. He lowered himself below the angels, the human form, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. He took on flesh so he could die for flesh. He took on man's flesh so he could die for humans, you and I. If he was not human, he could not die for human flesh. He could not die for us. He goes on, for it became him for whom all things and by whom all things in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. His perfection, his completeness, his complete high priest was made perfect by him suffering in the human flesh. He felt the pain, he felt hunger, he felt fatigue just like you and I do. On the cross when he was hanging on the cross he felt every nail, he felt every splinter, he felt his back just like you and I would. He humbled himself so he could taste death for every man. He tasted death, that spiritual death, that place called hell for you and for me. I'm glad that God sent the light. I'm glad Jesus is the light of the world and he brought on his incarnation. So we see, in fact, Matthew 1, 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Jesus is the light of the world. We see light's incarnation. What a blessing. What a miracle that he would do that so he could die for you and I. But it goes on. Then we see not just light's incarnation, but here's where it gets touchy. We see the light's revelation. The light's revelation. See, light reveals things. How many understand light reveals things? Years ago, my wife and I were first married. My wife loved moving furniture around. Any ladies like to move furniture around? I worked shift work at the time, so I'd come in sometimes at midnight. 
And she was already asleep and the lights were out. And I said, I'm not going to turn on the lights and wake her. And all of a sudden, I'm walking across the room. And boy, I stumped my toe and I fall right over the couch that was not there when I left for work. <laughs> and I said, well, what is that? And I kind of move around. And then I, all of a sudden, I bang into a piano that wasn't there. Ladies, I don't understand. I said, would you please open this jar of jam for me? You're so strong. Would you please do this? And then when it comes time to move the piano, they move it by themselves. <laughs> but I, find, I, find, I get so confused, so I'd say, I had to turn on the light. And when I saw the light, it revealed the new room. It revealed what things. Light reveals. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And he has not just about his incarnation, but he reveals. He shows us. What, when we need to see something, when we need to comprehend something, we always turn on the light. Very quickly, what does the light of the world, Jesus Christ revealed. First of all, He reveals us of the Father. He reveals us the Father. And back in John 1, verse number 18, it says, No man has seen God at any time. It says, No man's seen the Father. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. It's Jesus Christ being the light of the world. He reveals who God is. You want to know what God is like? You look at Jesus Christ. In fact, in John 14, 9, Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet thou hast known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then? Show us the Father. So Jesus Christ reveals the Father. Jesus, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. He is the fullness of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit in the flesh. He is God. See, what does God the Father like? You look at Jesus Christ. So He's the light of the world, and this light came in to reveal the Father. But it not only reveals the Father, it reveals our sin. And there's where the problem is. There comes where the rift is, our sin. Ephesians 5.13 says, But all things are reproved. All things that are reproved are made manifest, means obvious, by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Jesus being the light of the world, it shows us and reveals the Father, but also reveals our sin. It reveals our sinful state. Now, you may be able to convince your spouse you're not such a sinner. You may be able to convince your co-workers you're not such a sinner. But I got news for you. When the light of the world comes and shows that bright light upon you, it shows we're all sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What a terrible thing. We realize how wicked we are. When we see that bright light and that bright light comes on and all of a sudden we can see. If we just have the dim light of Hollywood, if we have the dim light of what's around us, it can hide a lot of sins. But when the bright light, the light of the world, Jesus Christ shows up, he reveals the sin in our lives. Boy, we ought to be praying, God, bring on the light. Now, the light's not just we see, it's just a revelation, but also we see sin, the light's condemnation. Condemnation. Yeah. In modern Christianity, we don't want to hear about condemnation. We don't want to hear about the judgment on sin. We don't want to hear about the fact that sin is hated by God. Yet, the light's condemnation. In John 3.18, I believe most of these verses are in your, in your notes. He, Jesus said, and he that believeth on him is not condemned. Aren't you glad if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with your heart, you're not condemned? You're not condemned to hell. You're on your way to heaven. What a wonderful thing. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. 
Just by not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're condemned. Condemned to a place called hell. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. Here is this condemnation. Here's where that condemnation comes from. That light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They're condemned because... In their sinful state, the light comes on them. They see the sin, but they see His righteousness. And they see God has made a way for us to believe on Him and be saved as we repent and turn from our sin and turn to Jesus Christ. But because they love darkness rather than light, they love living in sin rather than reproving sin, they love living in sin rather than confessing sin, they're condemned already. Why do they like the darkness? Because their deeds were evil. We want to hold on to that sin. So we see light comes. And it condemns. Condemned to what? Condemned to a place called hell. The Bible shows, shows us very clearly. When people die, when you and I die, they only go to one of two places. Heaven or hell. And it's not based upon our church membership. It's not based upon what we've done. It's all based upon what Jesus Christ has done and what we've done with him. So we find light's condemnation. Then we go on we find in John 1, 9, light's rejection. Because we, light condemns us. See, you wonder why people are afraid of Jesus Christ. You wonder why you put the Bible out in the workplace and people back up from it. You wonder why people say, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. And said, I don't want to. I'm offended by Jesus Christ. Why? Because the light, Jesus Christ being the light of the world, exposes their sin, exposes their condition, and exposes their condemnation. And they push away from it. And because that, light is rejected. Light is rejected. John 1, verse number 9. And that was the true light, which bringeth light to every man that cometh into the world. Verse 11, he, the, he came into his own, this light, Jesus, came into his own, and his own received him not. They rejected him. The world is rejecting Jesus Christ. The world rejects the light. Many times because they don't understand it. It says, the darkness, in verse number 5, and light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. They can't understand in their sinful condition how bright Jesus can be and about their own condition, about why Jesus came to save us. They don't understand that. But also their minds are blinded from the light. 2 Corinthians 4.3 But if our gospel, by the way, the gospel means the good news. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for your sins and mine so I don't have to go to hell and I can go to heaven and I can have peace with God, that gospel. It says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. In other words, the devil blinds their mind. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Amen. The light's being rejected. You're here tonight and you just came because you wanted to hear the music. And we had good music and had good stories. Something going. Got plans for after a while. Don't reject the light. Amen. Don't reject the light. God sent the light to save us. So we find the light's rejection. But then we find the light's reception unto salvation. Amen. So you have the choice to reject or receive. Again, look at verse number 11 of John 1. Or verse number 12. But as, Yeah, verse number 11. And he came unto his own, and his own received him not. They said no. But 
as many as received him. So you've got those that reject. Yeah, those received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. Oh, I'm glad that lights, we have light's reception. We can receive it unto salvation. Being saved, and that's what it's talking about there. Is it being born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God? You say born what? Born again. Oh, I tell you, I grew up in a church that taught you to do the best you can, and hopefully at the end you're good, that way you're bad, and maybe you'll make it to heaven, maybe you won't. You just have to hope what you can. And the idea of being born again, we thought, well, that's for those Baptist people over there. That's for those religious fanatics. Then I found out it's all in the Bible. You must be born again. And we're born again not by the flesh, not by what I can do, not by the will of man because I will it, but by of God, born again. So we have light's reception, but as many as received him, to them he gave him power to become the sons of God. When I was age 19 and I received Jesus Christ, God's power moved upon me and I became his child. There's only one begotten of the Father, that's Jesus Christ, but a whole bunch of us are adopted. Oh, I'm adopted his son, and I was there. I received it, the light, unto salvation. In Acts 26, verse 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Woo, boy. From darkness to light. So we have light's reception unto salvation. You're either going to reject it or receive it. Very quickly, notice the light's invitation. The light's invitation. John 12, 36, Jesus said, While you have light, believe in the light that you may be the children of light. In 1 Peter 2, 9, he says, But you are a chosen generation to those that have received him, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The invitation is to come to the light. The invitation is to come receive Jesus Christ. Because here's what it is. It's the gospel. The glorious light of the gospel. Here's the gospel. Number one, we're all sinners. You know it. The wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. Revelation 21.8 tells us that place of death, that death is the second death, a place called hell. But God commendeth, he showed his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ, the light of the world, died for us. And if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, in other words, admit he is God, just like he said he was, and believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That light that reveals the Father. The light that reveals His holiness. That light reveals my sin and my wickedness. That took on flesh to die for me. To taste death for all flesh. That we might be able to do it. If thou shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised thee from the dead. That little phrase in the gospel. You know I think the devil rejoiced when he thought he had extinguished the light on the cross. Jesus came into the world, but when the old devil got the world to crucify Jesus Christ, by the way, that's what he came for. That's what he came for. 
If the Jews hadn't done it, somebody else would have. He came to die. But I'm sure the devil felt he extinguished that light. He's done, he's dead, and he's in the tomb. <laughs> but I got news for you. When he came out of that tomb, his light was even brighter. Amen. Whoa, what a wonderful Savior we serve. That light. And so we have the light of an invitation. That light invites you to be saved today. You say, I don't want that light. Then you're condemned already. But you don't have to stay in that way. You can receive that light to become children of the Father. Be born again on your way to heaven. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, preacher, I am saved. And don't forget light, sanctification. Sanctified means set apart. John 8, 12. Then spake Jesus again to them. You say, I'm saved. Listen carefully about the light. Saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Lord, you get saved. You're not going to want to walk anymore in darkness. The world's living in darkness, living in sin, living in immorality, living in confusion, living in, in under, not understanding. Boy, when the light shines upon us and we receive that light and we become part of that light, oh, the world has changed. We're not going to walk in darkness anymore. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Question tonight, are you saved? Have you received that light? It's not by joining a church. It's not by turning over a new leaf. It's believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart, not your head, but with your heart. That God's raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. The light. Tonight would be a good time for you to receive that light. Let's bow our heads, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Because it's so vital. Hell is so hot. Heaven is so sweet. And the price has already been paid. God sent that light. He commanded that light to shine in darkness. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. That light took on flesh to die for you. To pay your sin debt and mine. And he offers it as a free gift. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He that believeth not is condemned already. Reject the light is condemnation. Receiving the light is being children of God. Have you received him? Is there a time and place in your life? Their heads bowed and eyes closed. If you've never... Thanks again for listening to Lighthouse Baptist Church Podcast. Find out more about us at our website, lbceastbay.com. I hope you can visit again real soon.